0: ESPN Radio.
1: LeBron, you've had a lot of answers in your basketball career for various problems. Are you finding any that you can think about?
2: feel like you can't catch a break you know when it rains it pours for a year
1: that the lakers would not even make the playoffs our goal was to win a championship a lot of soul searching to take place during the offseason we didn't get it done
0: can't make no no excuses about it. espn radio
2: this is ESPN Late Radio. You're listening to us on the ESPN app series XM channel 80 and on ESPN Plus ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas taking you up until 7 p.m. Eastern. You can tweet to us at AmberW790 at HDouglas83. Now, though, we turn to the guest line where we find Meta Sandiford, our test NBA champion, NBA defensive player of the year. And Meta, before I get to what you're doing with Meta Panda Club NFT, I have to ask you about your Los Angeles Lakers because you heard it coming in there. A very tumultuous season for the Lakers. What do they need to do to get back to that championship-level organization that they were when you were there?
1: Well, I think you had a good year when LeBron first got here. We got a title. It was a rough season. I mean, Going back to always, always going to the finals, you know, it was really tough for LeBron. Uh, and then, you know, guys you came in a little, you know, guys get in better shape next year. And I think it was just one of those years. You know, I think it was just one of those years, and you come back, and then the next year will be better. That be you know, that's how I feel about
0: it. Now, you see the Hawks won last night in their first play-in game. Uh, we saw what they did in the playoffs last year. If they win Friday versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, can you see this team making a run in the playoffs?
1: And that's the great thing about the playing because you can actually get somebody from the playing to make it to the finals and, you know, throw some entertainment to it. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Trey, Trey's a good player. it would it, be hard to – you don't want to be going into that series not at your best going up against Trakers. They're still a little young. She's still young, but at the same time, you know, very
2: effective. meta for our test, joining us here on ESPN Radio, Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas hanging out with you. The Pelicans also had a big win last night. Uh, CJ McCollum seems to have made a big difference for that team, but... Meta, Zion Williamson isn't out there playing. We saw him do a 360 dunk in warm-ups, but we haven't seen him play basketball this season. What are your thoughts with that situation with Zion Williamson in New Orleans? Do the Pelicans need Zion to really make a run for things?
1: Zion is one of the most dominant players in the history of basketball. So, yeah, you know, let's let him get right. He'll, he'll be okay. He, you know, he, he could do a couple things, I think, to... You know, maybe losing a little weight. That's what they're saying. I'm not sure. But I believe there's things he can do, you know, to fix all that. And and he's young, having a good time. And I'm sure he wants to be out there playing. Because when he was, he was dominating. But I got to ask you this, Meta Zion
0: Williamson, if if he's a player that doesn't want to be in New Orleans, if you're upper management for the Pelicans, do you move him and try to get a lot more pieces? Or do you keep him regardless?
1: Uh, you know that's not uh, that's, I don't like to get too much into it, cause I'm I'm also like coaching myself a little bit. But you know I think uh, with a player like that, you know I, I, that's up to them. You know <laughs> it's really gonna be up to them to get in the room and discuss you know what they want for each other, and then they can figure it out. You know what I'm saying? But he is you know an exceptional player. He's for sure exceptional.
2: He is certainly an exceptional player, what we've seen from him. Meta Sandiford, Artest, joining us here on ESPN Radio. And we, have, and we mentioned there, of course, what the Hawks did with Trey Young. There's a lot of fun young players in the NBA right now. Meta, who do you have your eyes on in that respect?
1: Uh, I've been watching a lot of Lakers, honestly. Um, I've been watching some of the Pacers. I'm interested in certain teams, like teams I've played for. So Kings, Pacers, Lakers... Knicks, you am know, from New York City, and then the other team I don't watch as much, um, you know, sometimes, but I know about the players. So, I mean, it's a lot of people that's exciting, but right now what's exciting is the playoffs. I think the players that are the best are around right now, and I think that's what's really exciting.
2: That is really exciting, and I will get to those for a second. But you mentioned the New York Knicks, and you've been watching them. So we asked you what you do to fix the Lakers. What would you do with the situation with the New York Knicks moving forward?
1: I think the Knicks are great. You know, I love the Knicks. I'm a big Knicks fan. I mean, it's very competitive. You got know, if Giannis and, and Curry's not on your team, you got problems, right? So you need that type of players. You need to make sure these players go into the season and, like, saying, I need you at your best. You know, because we're trying to win a title, so I need you at your best. And hopefully one day you can see the Knicks win the title. I'm from New York City, so that would be amazing.
0: I got to ask you about uh, defense. Doris Burke said uh, that she voted for Marcus uh, Smart for Defensive Player of the Year because of the game. is played so much on the perimeter. What are your thoughts on that, and what do you think of a guy like Marcus Smart?
1: I mean, you know, I'm really happy for Marcus because it was a point in time, where he was considered one of the best defenders, then there was a point in time where we weren't talking about him as much and you expected more because how we were talking about him early in his defensive career and now he's back and that's really cool that he never really gave up on something that is valuable the defensive player of the year that's so valuable and, and uh, you know to be a wing to do it is really cool, I did it as a wing and I think that says a lot about you
2: you did do it as a wing. Meta our Artest joining us here on ESPN Radio. James Harden said that he doesn't feel pressure right now going into these playoffs. And everybody else out here has been talking about how James Harden has the most pressure headed into these playoffs. What do you think about him saying that he doesn't really feel the pressure? Obviously, you're one who played the game with pressurized moments. I mean, do you really feel that as a player? Do you believe him that he doesn't feel the pressure right now?
1: I mean, I do believe him. I believe that he's going into the season thinking he's trying to get buckets. You know, and when you're trying to get buckets and you're trying to win, and this is the exciting, one of the most exciting times in your life, you know, playing basketball, that's what we do. So I think from that perspective, I think he's going to go out and have a lot of fun and try, to, and, try to, and try to redeem himself from whatever he feels he has to redeem himself from. You know, I think that's really interesting. So it should be really cool.
2: It should be really cool. Lots of exciting stuff happening uh, with the NBA playoffs. And, man, a ton of parity in the Eastern Conference this season. Meta, is your, is, who's the best team in the NBA right now? Is it definitely the Phoenix Suns?
1: For sure. Right now, I mean, they've proven it. I didn't, I didn't predict it, but they've proven it. And I, You know, I feel like those guys, you know, they really, really good team. They, they should be in talks for MVP. They should be mentioned every time. Every time you mention anybody for MVP – we should at least be mentioning Chris Paul and Booker. And, and, and I think that's responsible because those guys are, this is their moment right now. In the regular season, they were the best. So I think they should get a little more credit, even though you're probably going to go with, you know, Embiid or Joker or something like that, you know?
2: It'll for probably token. be one of those guys actually winning it. But to your point, Devin Booker definitely <laughs> part of that conversation. Meta Sandiford yeah, Artest sure. joining us here on ESPN Radio. All right, Meta, so tell us what you're doing with Meta Panda Club NFT.
1: Yeah, so Club NFT. I have a company called Xverse Exports, where we try to create competitive basketball experiences for just everyday people and pros. And the Metapanda Club experience is an NFT that you could buy and be a part of the experience. And we, we did very well um, to the, yesterday, and we're going up. So you know, our NFT is basketball NFT, building a, one of the biggest basketball communities on the Web3. So that's kind of our goal. And we just launched. So, you know, check us out. Buy a Meta Panda Club NFT. Go to yeah, MetaPandaClub.com.
2: At MetaPandaClub.com. The Meta Panda Club NFT. Meta Sandiford, our test NBA champion, NBA defensive player of the year, and guest on ESPN radio. Thanks so much for joining us.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Thank you.
2: Coming up next, is it better to draft a quarterback or go with a middle of the road starter? Somehow this kind of feeds into our Baker Mayfield conversation. Maybe Harry Douglas will tell you about it next. This is ESPN Radio.
1: ESPN Radio.
2: Wilson and Harry Douglas hanging out with you on ESPN radio and Harry, I have been inspired because there was an article that CBS sports had where they ran through every quarterback drafted over the last 10 years. And when you see the list, it's pretty remarkable How few of them work out is what I think you can kind of take away from the list. And how many have question marks? You and I have spent the show talking about Baker Mayfield. Baker Mayfield, always a very controversial subject. He lights up the phone lines for a lot of the show. We were taking your phone calls on Baker and people are very slip split over how they feel about Baker. Nobody's saying Baker's elite, but you're talking about a number one overall pick drafted with very high expectations that some people think is a bust and other people think that still is incomplete in terms of his evaluation in the NFL. There aren't many guys that rise above that, Harry Douglas, when you really look at who's been drafted over the last 10 years. So let's take a look at this. I'll throw some of these names out to you. Now, this Latest class that was drafted, Trevor Lawrence, Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, Justin Fields, Mac Jones. Do you feel like any of them coming off of their rookie season has made it or proven to you that they're going to pan out?
0: Ooh. Um, No, to be honest. Uh, Mac Jones had a decent uh, rookie season, but when it got towards the end of the year, you seen a drop-off, and then with that weather in New England and certain uh, up in Buffalo, he can't push the ball down the field like some of these other quarterbacks can when it came to the strong arm. so I, I think for this group, I think it might be too early to 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 even tell right now.
2: Too early, now five quarterbacks drafted in that class. Of course, the class before it, we knew about some of these guys right away after their rookie season, so it might not bode well for this latest class, but they've still got some time to figure it out. Let's go back to that other class that I mentioned. There were four quarterbacks drafted in that class. Joe Burrow, Tua, Tunga Valoa, Justin Herbert, and Jordan Love. I think you and I can both agree that two of those four home runs.
0: Oh, Yes. Yeah, to, uh Joe Burrow and then Justin Herbert. Tua to Tonga Valoa, question marks. They have surrounded him with a lot of pieces to make that jump this year. Now we just have to see it. Jordan Love, the poor guy, man, playing behind Aaron Rodgers. We don't know Who's when he'll be able to get on the football field. Uh, we don't know what he's capable of. We we have a small sample size. We've seen him last year in a game against the Kansas City Chiefs, and it didn't look good then. But I'm not, not going to let one game – Tell me about what this young man can be because we haven't seen a bigger sample size of him.
2: If I go back to the year before that, three quarterbacks were drafted. Kyler Murray, Daniel Jones, Dwayne Haskins. Uh we know uh what happened there with Dwayne Haskins. Kyler Murray, do you rate him as somebody who has panned out or do you rate him as incomplete?
0: Well, no, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna rate him as incomplete because The Arizona Cardinals are better when Kyler Murray is on the football field. And last year, he was at one point in contention uh, to be an MVP, what was an MVP candidate. Now, the thing about him is that toward the end of the year as well, the last two years, things have started to drop off. Now, I don't know if that's because Cliff Kingsbury and they can do things better offensively and not be so vanilla to where defenses understand what they're going to do, but I'm looking forward to seeing him this year. Can he make that jump toward the end of the year? I'll say the last five or six games of the year and help his team get wins and not uh, uh, tread downward like he has the last two years or the team has.
2: What about Daniel Jones? Is he a bust or is he incomplete to you Ooh, still?
0: He's incomplete right now. He, he, he has go. a lot he has to prove.
2: So uh, that, Brian
0: Dable, though, I, I think he has the right coach.
2: So some people have now. rated that. He has the right int- coach now. Right. Some people have rated that entire class as, as incomplete. And I'm not, and Dwayne Haskins, obviously, uh, you know, our our thoughts uh, are with his loved ones and I'm not going to get into the evaluation of him as a quarterback by any means, but with Kyler Murray and Daniel Jones, I think some people would question whether Kyler Murray has actually proven himself. I'm with you though. I don't have a problem saying that he, that he worked out. If I go back further than that, it gets, it gets interesting. Baker because we spent a lot of time today talking about Baker Mayfield. So let's look at that 2018 class. Baker, Sam Darnold, Josh Allen, Josh Rosen, and Lamar Jackson. Out of that class, two of those, to me, are home runs.
0: Yes, and I'm going start with Baker Mayfield. Because he is the number one pick overall, and I still think he has a lot of football to play, I'm not going to call him a bus right now. Now, if things start trans, uh, transcending in that direction for the next two years, then he's going to get that tag for me. But I still think he has a lot of football uh, to play, and he has a lot of things he has to prove on the football field as well. Sam Darnold, that's a miss. We already talked about that, seeing ghosts on the football field. He wasn't able able to do it with the Jets, hasn't been able to do it with the Carolina Panthers last year. Josh Allen, home, home run. I'm talking about Grand Slam, and I love his trajectory and how he's been able to be better each season and and learn. Like I love last year – If he wasn't able to do it with his arm, he did it with his legs. But taking his check downs, hitting the underneath stuff, not trying to be Superman every time he went out there on the field. Josh Rosen, done. That's not a good one. Lamar Jackson, I think a home run as well.
2: Yeah, Lamar Jackson and Josh Allen, to me, home runs. Baker... Uh, there's still questions I mean I guess he could still become a hit Uh, Sam Darnold uh, to me and Josh Rosen uh, the jig is up Uh, they're not I'm back five years now and if you're keeping track Harry and I have only rated five of these quarterbacks as hits and that's us being kind I think frankly to some of these quarterbacks like a Murray that I think could be a little bit on the fence Mm -hmm. for some other people that 2017 class you do have Watson and Mahomes you got Mitchell Trubisky in that class as well I don't know if you'd rate him do you rate Mitchell Trubisky as a miss or is it still incomplete with Trubisky.
0: I think it's incomplete, um, but he's played a lot of football, and we've seen what he can or cannot do on a football field. Uh, he did have a little bit of success. He, he helped not lead – he didn't lead the Chicago Bears to the playoffs. He helped get them to the playoffs. I thought that was more so on that defense and the things that they did on that side of the ball. Deshaun Watson, I don't even know why there's an asterisk right there. Because uh, if we're just talking about football-wise – play on the football field now if you're talking about overall everything that comes with playing in the national football league off the field on the field then you can put an asterisk if we're just talking about strictly on the football field an asterisk definitely shouldn't be by Deshaun Watson. Well,
2: Deshaun Watson, I guess, hasn't won a championship yet. But, yeah, I think you and I think that Deshaun Watson on the football field is is a proven success. So that was a hit. So you and I are at seven, but it gets real ugly when we go 2016 and earlier. I don't think there's another hit on this list of quarterbacks drafted in the last 10 years. Jared Goff, Carson Wentz, Paxton Lynch, Jameis Winston, Marcus Mariota, going back to 2015, 2014, Blake Bortles, Johnny Manziel, Teddy Bridgewater, 2013, E.J. Manuel, 2012. Andrew Luck, all right, so I'd say there's a hit there, right? Uh, although he ended yeah, his career that, early, that, but that that that's a home run. run. Okay, so now we're at yeah. eight. Robert Griffin the third, Ryan Tannehill, how do you rate Tannehill?
0: Ooh, um, you missed on him. Um... Dolphins-wise, right. a lot of this is about coaching too, right? He went to Tennessee with Arthur Smith, who's now the head coach with the Atlanta Falcons, and he found his comfort zone and was able to perform under that system, that play-action system, heavy run game first. So he thrived in that. Now, we also think about Ryan Tannehill, the playoffs this year, the Tennessee Titans being the number one seed. The first pass of the game was an interception. The first pass, of the, the first drive of the second half was an interception. The last pass of the game for Ryan Tannehill was an interception. You look at games like that and you're like, oh, my goodness. But I'm not going to say miss. I'm going to put an asterisk by it because I want to see how he comes back this year and performs.
2: I will say if you wanted to say Ryan Tannehill was a hit because anybody who's been a starting quarterback in the league for as long as Ryan Tannehill, you could consider that alone a success. And the Dolphins did get a whole lot of years out of Ryan Tannehill, although it didn't always amount to the winning. And it was never certain whether he was good or not. I mean, the Dolphins were never comfortable being like, well, we we missed on him. It just never, there was always the question marks. And then you saw in Tennessee, if you put the right team around him, he's good. He's not an elite quarterback that's going to elevate everybody around him. It depends what kind of person he has around him I think he's on the fence Correct. I'm not so willing to include him as a hit Brandon Whedon rounds out this list back in 2012 uh, missed there as well so that's if you crazy. and I have played aged- with a lot of these guys <laughs> well if you and I well, I'm taking the heat for you Amber Wilson is staying there and miss not Harry Douglas uh, you can keep his number guys so 24 percent of these quarterbacks over the last 10 years by our evaluation have worked out 24 percent that's what a chance you have of drafting a quarterback this isn't any round. that is going to work out for you at that position that is remarkable coming up next how much pressure should James Harden be feeling in the NBA postseason we will ask our next guest this is ESPN radio
0: ESPN radio
2: Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas on ESPN Radio. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. Harry Douglas was made incredibly happy last night as his Atlanta Hawks dominated the Charlotte Hornets, 132 to 103. And I was telling Harry that him and all those people in Atlanta are the only people who loved this game because that game was a barn burner for the rest of us. I mean, that game was a blowout in the second half. And frankly, the Hawks were dominant the entire game through, even with Trey Young getting off to a really rough 3-13 start. Charlotte put everything they can at Trey in the beginning of that game. That, the problem with that is that left the entire supporting cast open. And so they were able to get all their shots off, even without Trey Young's falling Easy work for your Atlanta Hawks, Harry Douglas.
0: My Hawks, my Hawks, my Hawks. I'm just, I'm just so. I happy was setting for them you I... up
2: so that you had room to do your hawk again. Ah! 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 ah!
0: Somebody, so somebody, somebody tweeted me and told me I sound like a peacock. I said, "Stop being technical, man. Like you, you get where I'm trying to go with this. All right, I'm trying to make it's a, a bird, noise. man. Yeah, it's a bird. It's all in the same category. All right, it's a bird." They all fly.
2: I thought it was dead on. <laughs> and then the funny, it's funny because the mascot in Atlanta's name is Harry the Hawk. Facts. And Harry Douglas does a really good Harry the Hawk. I think you nailed
0: it. But it, it was great last night being in the arena. Um, it was loud. Just definitely a playoff uh, atmosphere. And shout out to the Hawks. So actually playing defense. And that's one of the things when we talk to Kendrick Perkins is that I want to talk about the Hawks playing defense and being able to get stops when they needed to. Because if we see that Hawks team versus the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, they definitely are going to win that game. And then they may actually contend against the Miami Heat. Your Miami Heat, Amber.
2: Settle settle down, settle down. I think Perk (laughs) might be uh, standing us up, by the way. We were hoping to get Kendrick Perkins on with us right here. But uh, I think he is standing us up. LaBello Ball stood up the Charlotte Hornets last night against your Hawks. And for LaMelo, I mean, you're talking about a young, really exciting, really good player, Harry. I mean, I don't think anybody's trying to say that LaMelo ball is not out here balling, if you will. But a year ago, LaMelo shot four of 14, a blowout loss to the – play Pacers in a play-in game. And now a year later, he shot seven of 25 in a blowout play-in loss to the Hawks. It's only a two game sample, but what did you make of LaMelo Ball not showing up last night?
0: Well, I've seen a lot of the shots that he took. A lot of them was off balance runners on one leg, not square to the basket, so for me, watching LaMelo Ball play last night, it's about shot selection, especially in a game of that magnitude, uh, a play-in game, basically the playoffs, but the play-in game to see if you have a, another lifeline. So moving forward, he has to watch this game uh, that, that took place last night and the, the one year before and see what can he learn from it. And shot selections and getting more people involved because Miles Bridges didn't have his best night as well. That's probably another reason why he got a technical foul and then he had the whole mouthpiece incident uh, because of the, the the success that he did not have uh, p- prior to, to to last night. So I just think for Lamelo Ball, shot selection is going to be very very key. Watching him last night, I didn't think it was it was spot on.
2: Yeah, he he's not the type of player who can immediately look at a opponent's defense and then know how to counter it. You know, I don't know if he has that sort of, understanding of the game yet obviously it's only his second year in the league he's no Trey Young I guess in that regard and it still remains to be seen whether he's going to see get whether he's going to be a phenomenal player but he's still got a ways to go to ve- develop into what frankly Trey Young has already developed into I mean even with a rough start last night for Trey man Trey is so unbelievable and in the second half I mean that dude was just giving Charlotte everything they could handle and that's because. The Hornets' defense, it kind of changed its strategy and it stopped keying in quite so much on Trey because it was opening up too much around him. And then when they eased off a little bit on Trey, Trey made them pay for it. And that's what Trey Young does on that stage. So an exciting night in the NBA last night, particularly for Harry Douglas. Uh, There will be many exciting nights moving forward in the NBA. One series that everybody seems to be keyed in on in this first round is that Nets-Celtics series for obvious reasons, very big names in that series. But now we get the news is that Ben Simmons is targeting return in games 4, 5, and 6 in that series, Harry Douglas. Here was Brian Windhorst, ESPN NBA Insider on Keyshawn, J. Will, and Max.
1: If you tell me that, that Ben Simmons can give them 10 minutes and build in a buffer of maybe a few dozen possessions of improved defense, that could turn things for them. Whether he can do that, whether or not they wouldn't just hack a Ben and put him on the line, because that's something that I think would prevent him from playing late in games right now until he proved he could do it. And that would be a tough position to put him in. I mean, that's the first thing I think the Celtics would do, you know, as soon as they saw Ben Simmons active is to get their hack a Ben strategy ready. But I mean, I can't deny that that difference, that injection of defensive playmaking could be a difference maker.
2: I do think, Harry, that they don't need a ton from Ben Simmons. Anything that he can give them defensively. And that man, the last time we saw him play basketball, which was a long time ago, was an elite, elite defender. One of the very best defenders in the entire NBA. So if he can give them any of that, like some semblance of that, for even like Brian said, 10 minutes, then it's going to be help to that Brooklyn Nets team. So I do think Ben Simmons eyeing a return does actually matter, even though we don't know exactly what he's going to look like.
0: The hard part for me is understanding how Ben Simmons is going to go out there, though, not having the conditioning that he needs. Uh, When you you think about playoff basketball, everything ramps ramps up that much more, right? Uh, A lot of energy is exerted, and you have to bring a lot of energy when you're playing that game. He's going to be guarding the best player for the Boston Celtics, Jason Tatum. So you're going to tell me he's going to come off the streets, not doing any conditioning, off a shot in his back and going to defend one of the best one-on-one players in the game today and be consistent doing it, that tells me one of two things. His back wasn't that hurt and that serious. Or or that shot
2: is some good good.
0: Or he has (laughs) magical powers and that shot is doing a hell of a job. Because I I, I, I don't understand how – like to play defense and exert that much energy into guarding the best player for the Boston Celtics I, I I don't I, I'm trying to figure out how is that even going to be possible.
2: Right. I understand what you're saying. It's a tall task, right? It's a hefty requirement to come in the playoffs with that pace of play. And then if you're asked to guard that guy in Jason Tatum and you haven't played basketball for as long as Ben Simmons hasn't played basketball. But again, we are talking about a guy that was so elite that if they can Mm -hmm. give, if he can give them anything, like any help at all defensively, and it seems like he should be at least up to that task. If he does have his legs back onto him to any semblance and is ready to play some sort of basketball basketball here. The Nets are just so desperate for help on the defensive end. That is where they need it. They don't need it offensively, but they need it defensively. So it will be interesting. I think just the threat though. I mean, I don't even know if I believe Ben Simmons is coming back. Like call me when he's actually coming back. But I think just the threat, the idea that he could come back at that end of the at the end of that series, if necessary, is one that the Celtics are probably taking pretty seriously. Tune into the ESPN daily podcast, bringing you a deep dive into a single story for one of espn's hundreds of reporters presented by supercut download subscribe and review espn daily available wherever you enjoy your podcasts coming up next if someone was offering you 43 billion dollars for something you owned how quickly would you sign the papers we'll discuss this is espn radio with amber wilson and harry douglas
0: espn radio
2: play-in tournament has been fun so far, Harry Douglas. In my assessment, the play-in tournament's one of the best things the NFL has ever done. Or the NBA, rather. Not the NFL. Maybe they should look into it. The NBA has ever done because it has made this beginning and I'm giving it the beginning of the postseason even though it's not technically the postseason it has made this beginning to the postseason wildly exciting it brings like a March Madness type of environment to these games the players feel that the fans feel that you see the environment of these games because they're in a one and done type of situation or a two and done type of situation so I do think that this play-in tournament has been wildly successful so far what do you feel about this play-in tournament and just the play-in generally how the NBA has set this up.
0: I love it. I think Adam Silver has done a great job uh, implementing this within the NBA. I love the excitement that we've had already. Uh, The Nets, you get superstars like Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant. Now, granted, they shouldn't be in a play-in situation, but they were this year. And you get guys like Darius Garland and Evan Mobley who get to contend and, and compete at a high level versus those superstars. Now you get Trey Young on Friday versus uh, uh, Darius Garland. I wanna see those two guys go at it. You look at the Clippers versus the Timberwolves, right? You see the animosity uh, that that Patrick Beverly had against his old team and an excitement and a a young guy making plays for the Timberwolves. Now, Cat didn't show up, Carl Anthony Towns, but it's okay, Anthony Edwards had had his back and picked up the slack for him. But you see things like that go on and you see the excitement that it brings And you see a lot of people, because I was watching Twitter, a lot of people were watching these games, right? Mm -hmm. They didn't just, hey, let me turn it off and and pay it no mind. They were watching, they were tuned in, and I think Friday they're going to be even more tuned in as well.
2: And frankly, you're tuned into teams that you may not otherwise be tuned into. Like, we know the Brooklyn Nets rate because of KD and Kyrie, right? But these other teams at the back of the standings for the playoffs that are vying for a spot in the playoffs aren't going to rate the same way because they're not the type of teams that necessarily rate during the regular season and bring the draws. They're not the teams that necessarily have the big-name superstars. But you get the moments. You get Patrick Beverly jumping on the scores table like he just won an NBA title because he won a play-in game. And he's not even in yet to the postseason. It's so fun to see him care about making the playoffs that much. Like, that's what it means to him in that moment. And it's because of the way that he had to make the play in or the playoffs was through a play in. By the way, the NBA fined him $30,000 for His use of profanity after the game because he was so emotional and fired up and I'm here to tell the NBA stop hating on fun 30,000 you know what the playing's so exciting let these men jump on top of the scores table if they feel like it and and curse it all up Uh, just uh, give them some beeps because this is fun what the NBA has created
0: ESPN radio
2: we are taking you down the stretch here on ESPN Radio. Amber Wilson and Harry Douglas. ESPN Radio is presented to you by Progressive Insurance. We have had an action-packed show today. Lots of controversy on today's show. Uh, everyone was calling in with their thoughts on Baker Mayfield. We also, of course, covered everything in the NBA as well. And we had a lot of help doing that. Andrew Lopez, ESPN NBA reporter. He joined us earlier to talk about the New Orleans Pelicans. Todd McShay joined us as well. ESPN's NFL draft analyst. We talked all things NFL draft with Todd and Meta Sandiford. Artest joined us. Of course, the NBA champion, NBA defensive player of the year. He gave us a few minutes of his time as well to update us on his thoughts on the current landscape of the NBA. And now, it is time for me and Harry Douglas to go three and out.
1: Sometimes it's the worst. Sometimes it's the best. Either way, we'll get you straight with everything you need to know. This
0: is...
2: Three and This is three and out and Harry, are you out on Jokic talking about winning another MVP? Now he played it coy. Mike Singer on Twitter asked Nikola Jokic about winning an MVP. I do think he is going to win another MVP. It would be back to back for him. He said, if it happens, yeah, great. And then they asked him, where do you keep your first MVP award? He said, I don't know where it is right now, to be honest. How do you feel about Jokic? Now, he did say he's in the middle of moving and that his wife is the caretaker of all these things. How do you feel about Jokic not knowing where his MVP award from last season is and taking a very blasé fair attitude if he was to win another one here?
0: But that's, 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 that's the joker, man. Uh, that's him in, in, in entirety. That's, that's him. Like, he's brash. He, he, he goes out there. He plays. He's tough. He's, he's not fancy with, with things. He's going to give you a triple-double. The man is averaging 27, 13 rebounds, eight assists right now. As a big man who doesn't play above the rim. I love the way he facilitates, but he plays the game every night. He gives his all, and you're not going to push him around. That's one thing we do know. If we don't know nothing, Amber, we do know you're not going to push the Joker around.
2: That's true. You're not going to push him around. And I guess he's more concerned about what he's doing with his team in the postseason than he is about another MVP award. So from that perspective, fine. You know, you don't have to be focused on the individual accolade. I do think maybe you need to know where it's at, like where your trophy's at. You know, give the trophy a little respect. You won the award. team. Joel Embiid out here campaigning for the award because he wants one so bad because he's never <laughs> even earned one. So maybe knowing where it is, but I guess Jokic is just like that. Like he's such a G that he just knows he's going to win so many of these uh-huh. that he can just misplace it or his wife can handle it. She knows where it is. It's fine. No big deal. I don't really need to know because, hey, I'll win plenty more in my career. And you know what? He might. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's that great. He yeah. might, I think. He's the winner this season. I know there's still uh, some question marks, whether it will be Giannis or whether it will be Joel Embiid. I think Jokic rounded out the season in a way that uh, he's just so good statistically, even though people hate to just talk about the statistics, but he's done things that nobody else in NBA history has done. And for that reason, I think that he'll end up winning the award, even though, frankly, all three of those guys deserve it. But only one person can win it. Let's talk a little baseball, Harry Douglas. Vladimir Guerrero Jr., one of the best hitters in the world, battles through a gash to hit three homers. Guerrero shook off a bloody gash on his right ring finger to hit three homers against the Yanks. Uh, Aaron Boone said Guerrero is one of the best hitters in the world. Are you a big Vladimir Guerrero Jr. fan?
0: Yes, I am. He's actually the guy that I picked to win the AL MVP this year in baseball. Um, it's just something to be said about guys who has had fathers that played at a high level as a professional. Normally those guys come out and they pan out because they grew up around the sport. They know the ins and outs of it. Their fathers can teach them a lot of things. You look at it in football, basketball and baseball. Um, I don't know if it's anyone in soccer yet or, or hockey, but it's just something to be said for it because they have an upper edge on a lot of people and talking to a lot of um, front office people, they would rather draft a guy who is is second a second-generation professional or about to be over someone else who they think may be a little bit higher grade-wise because they know they understand how to be a pro and they just do things differently.
2: I think that it's big f- shoes to fill if you're, if you're out here trying to play the same sport that your father played, frankly. So I understand why, of course, you would follow in your father's footsteps, but I would imagine it's actually not as easy of a of a decision as we think it would be from the outside looking in if we were not raised by a former professional athlete ourselves the AL MVP runner-up homered off Cole in the first uh, had his hand accidentally spiked on a play at first base in the second then hammered a line drive Homer off Cole in the third he doubled off Cole in the sixth and launched a 443 foot lead off Homer in the eighth so uh no worries for Vladimir in terms of the gash on his hand
0: I think the Yankees better figure this pitching thing out because Garrett Cole is supposed to be their their ace.
2: Right. Yeah, last well, year when, against
0: the Boston Red Sox, Garrett Cole didn't have a good outing.
2: Well, when they crack down on the sticky stuff, it's amazing the things yeah. that happen, right? Uh, but I digress. Elon Musk has offered to buy Twitter, Harry Douglas. For $43 billion, <laughs> telling the SEC in a filing that the deal would be good for free speech. This feels like Elon Musk spending $43 billion on an edit button. We have all been proponents, all of us on Twitter. Uh, again, AmberW790, at Douglas 83 Check us out on Twitter. We've all been proponents of the edit button, but I am paying that $43 billion for an edit button.
0: That's a different amount of money there. That's a different category. <laughs> that's, a, that's, a, that's a whole that other is, category that's right there. That's Amber a Wilson. different
2: level. That, that's that's like level only right one there. other person in this country <laughs> can relate to that kind of money. That is a different. <laughs> that is real, That is real, 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 real kind of money. Listen, money's all relative. There's always somebody with more of it, right? And whew, that man has some more of it. Spain and Fitz, they probably have some more of it, too. They're coming up next. You've been listening to ESPN Radio.